Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe. We are the companion podcast for our website, jomboeveryone.com. We please always, as always, invite you to go over to jomboeveryone.com and make sure you see all the content we have there and uh, follow our links to social media and all that kind of stuff. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios. And as you can hear, well, maybe you haven't heard, there's no Safari mic, at least not yet. This is our first of our series of special shows that we plan on doing. Like like I said, the first of plans for quite a few of these. And I would say this is probably, of all the subjects of things that we get requested for shows, people are always offering their advice on what we should be covering. We always encourage you to do that. If you have any great show ideas for Disney's Animal Kingdom and for for us to cover, please feel free to send them to uh, jomboeveryone at gmail.com. We're always looking for ideas to, uh, to, you know, that, that, that reflect what you guys, the fans of Animal Kingdom, uh, want us to discuss. But this is, like I said, the most requested one. Um, and this is our first guided tour. We're actually going to uh, present to you a tour of Chester and Hester's. And this is meant to be one of those things where you can put on your headphones and just sort of stroll through and take a listen to all the different things that Safari Mike is going to point out. And would it be any more appropriate than to hand over uh, our first guided tour to my, oh, to Mike's beloved Chester and Hester's? So without further ado, let's head to the Animal Kingdom and to Safari Mike. We are going to start the tour by actually leaving the Dino Institute. We're not going to include the Dino Institute on this particular one. This is only about Chester and Hester's. But as we leave the Dino Institute, you're going to go for the walk um, through a prehistoric forest that actually surrounds the current Institute. Now, as you leave, you'll notice you'll pass a little pavilion for shading in a dinosaur fountain that spits water. This is all very reminiscent of the architecture of the Institute itself. Signs showing a Styracosaurus a Carnotosaurus and Alioremus are on your right-hand side, and these are all dinosaurs from the ride. Now, as you're walking down this path towards Chester and Hester's, you should also take a look at the plants surrounding you. Much like the Cretaceous Trail that's just 
you know, around the corner. The vegetation here is comprised mostly of species that date from the age of the dinosaur. That is, there are a lot of ferns. Continuing down this path, you finally get to the first sign of campiness, the entering Dinorama sign with its very non-specific looking dino holding up a sign that says welcome. Truth be told, it kind of more looks like a crocodile than a dinosaur. But that is sort of what the old belief was as to what a dinosaur actually looked like. Now, in my opinion, this whole area is one of the most detailed lands or mini lands in a Disney park anywhere in the country. It's rich, detailed backstory, as you know, most backstories are, is overlooked. And to be fair, that is sort of the point of a backstory. It is a written history that gives the Imagineers a pedestal upon which to design the props, signs, and other details of the park. It keeps the cohesion of the story itself. Now, as we enter the store itself, we will, you'll get a feeling of just how important and how detailed that backstory really is. Now, this whole area, Diggs County, used to be just a place to hunt and fish. And Chester and Hester were this old couple that had a gas station that was set up to accommodate the occasional passerby going you know, through the county, Diggs County, to, or, or going to the hunting lodge just nearby. It provided gas and also operated a very small supply store for those hunters and fishermen. But then in 1947, fossils were found. A lot of fossils. Those are the fossils that they're still digging up today in the boneyard, not also not far away. Scientists began coming in droves, and the Dino Institute was born out of those fossils. First, it occupied the whole old hunting lodge, and then it moved to the building of its the state-of-the-art building that's its current home. The institute began buying out all the other landowners in the area, and to expand on its fossil digs, and to keep digging and digging and digging and it wanted to do other ventures like building the current institute. Now, Chester and Hester were this old couple that refused to sell. They could see profits for what was to be had by selling cheap dinosaur souvenirs out of their gas station. So the service store eventually became a small little gift shop, and it was capitalizing on the folks streaming in to dig for fossils and to see the specimens themselves. Chester and Hester started selling even more when, they event, when eventually folk came in to take place or take their view of the tour of the state-of-the-art time traveling that was being started to be offered nearby at the Dino Institute. And much to the Dino Institute's chagrin, Chester and Hester stayed strong, refused to sell, and they began to make a real killing. It even opened up some rides and midway games that we now know, eventually closing the gas station to concentrate more on more, its more profitable business, that is, tourism. Now, it was a gasoline station, so why gasoline? It's actually kind of ironic. Gasoline is, of course, a fossil fuel. And they were essentially selling dead dinosaurs to people. The Institute set up a headquarters in the old fishing lodge, as I said before, and that was eventually turned into uh, the intern's place, Restaurantosaurus. Now, this kind of backstory is very reminiscent of uh, another backstory, and that is the backstory of Disneyland, where... You know, Disney first opened up this wonderful park and then other people started building around it. And of course, everybody knows the story about how well, Walt Disney hated that and wanted to go to Florida. So this is kind of an homage to that. So let's enter the store. 
And it's here where the theming becomes a little silly. The back of the store, which is the one facing the Dino Institute, has all sorts of fun signs around it. There's one that says Extinct Pleasures. Another one that says Smilodon says has a have a nice day. All over the building are these cheap signs that's th again going out of extinct extinction deals or prehistoric prices. And above this door is a sign that says enjoy the ice age air conditioning. Out back as well are these tacky colorful dinosaur statues that were set up for photo ops by Chester and Hester. And the side of the building also has this fun almost whimsical childlike mural on the side of the building. Finally, look at the bench there. There are very colorful, almost gem-like dinosaurs embedded in the wood itself. All of these colorful um, and whimsical decor is designed to draw customers into the store um, as they're passing by. A typical way of enticing um, customers like you would in the Old West. Now, before you also notice also, by the way, there's chipping and fading of the paint, and it looks like Chester and Hester haven't painted it in decades. And that's probably because Chester and Hester are too cheap to afford somebody to pay the pay the building. An upside-down bike is also used for a wall decor right there in the back of the building. That's a common theme, and is used that is that they use everyday items like old tires, bikes, paint cans as decorations. Now, buy that bike take a look you'll see a sign just below it it says no hunting fishing or trespassing again that is a reference to the area before fossils were actually found the restaurantosaurus was the old hunting lodge and that was originally why people were coming to this area this sort of sort of out of the area or out of the way area called Diggs county and yes obviously the it's ironic the name Diggs county now before we go into the store in all fairness, the store has taken a theming hit over the years. It used to be completely filled with dinosaur stuff. Now you will see Star Wars, Toy Story, and other seasonal stuff there. However, the de decor itself has remained unchanged and still is the old couple's shop. Make sure when you enter, you look immediately to your right. You will see an old-fashioned Coca-Cola thermometer. And there's also a 1960s-ish dinosaur poster. The dinosaurs here are the way that the scientists used to think they looked and are completely outdated. There's also a framed poster about the history of Earth itself. All this stuff is very old, or at least very old looking. Employees are encouraged to wipe their paws before entering the back room. Now, back when the park, when the park first opened and the store first opened, and of course Chester and Hester's was there originally, you would hear cast members calling each other cousin. The idea being that Chester and Hester could only afford to pay their family members to actually work in the store, or more likely they were too cheap to pay anybody else. That's not nearly as common to hear as it was years ago. In another corner of the store, take a look for two pictures of an old couple. One is that these are pictures of actually Chester and Hester themselves, as well as the framed dollar bill, and that dollar bill is the first dollar Chester and Hester ever made with their gas station. There are also photos of a much younger Chester and Hester when they were first opening up the store. And there are also some fossils that they initially found, as well as framed magazine covers from uh, way back when the store first opened. Magazines such as the Life magazine. Now, up in the air above you are a bunch of 
all sorts of cheap toys. There's still plenty of dinosaur stuff to buy here. And, um, but much of the dinosaur stuff is the cheap toys that you see above you that are not for sale. Some of my favorites are the comic books. The store has all kinds of comics like Batman, Spider-Man, and whatnot. The catch is that they all feature a dinosaur on the cover in some fashion. Now, the sale of tacky knickknacks started to become much more profitable than the gasoline that they so they abandoned their old business, like I said. However, you can still see some old some signs of the old purpose of the building, the gas station and service center. Oil cans inside the inside the store itself have been turned into a hat rack. One example is the use of truck tires as the planters right outside the front entrance, the one heading towards the uh, Dinorama area. And you can still see the old Sinclair gas pump out front as well. In another cor- corner, there's an old car bumpers hanging from the wall holding an old-fashioned dinosaur statue. There's also a Quaker City sign, Quaker City being an old gas, or an old oil company. Now, when you exit on the other side towards Dinorama, look above you. Hanging signs tell you to, quote, be sure to, then, quote, visit. And then finally, you have an old Epcot bumper sticker. Out front of the store is also on the pavement is, the course, Dinorama. And yes, this is an area of the park that gets lambasted by Disney fans all the time. The complaints are, of course, that it looks cheap, that there are carnival games, and that there's, you know, old concrete. It's not very uh, fancy looking. And that's all the true, but that is the point. Chester and Hester are building a side attraction, a roadside attraction, and they couldn't afford any other way. The only complaint that I really disagree with, and I, we all get the complaints about midway games and off-the-shelf rives, but one complaint that you sometimes hear, which is completely untrue, and that is that there's a lack of theming. You might not like the theming, but there is a lot of theming. Behind the coaster is a huge billboard. It says, Welcome to Diggs County, and that's, of course, the land you're in. You will see the entire Dinoland USA there. This includes colorful fun representations of the Dino Institute, Chester and Hester's, and the Boneyard. And that's located, as soon as you walk out of the building, to the right, right next to Primeval World. Now, this area is exactly what you would expect from a roadside attraction, taking advantage of an increasing number of people passing through. You got two off-the-shelf rides, and you got midway games. So let's talk about those real quick. Now, the first thing you might notice is that there is that big sign held up by cartoon dinosaurs. It says on one side, welcome to Chester and Hester. And on the other side, it says, see you real soon. Of course, an homage to Mickey Mouse. Maybe the most thematic part of this part of this area is the concrete itself. And yes, the concrete. This is a roadside attraction. So, of course, Chester and Hester built their little tiny theme park on an old parking lot with asphalt even cracking. And... The Imagineers will tell you that it was very difficult to make concrete look like cracked asphalt. Anyway, looking out from the store towards the rides, look to your left. Here you will see the meet and greet area for Goofy and Pluto. You will notice signs for souvenir photos there. And right in front of that are are a set of two now useless gas pumps. More signs of the old use of the facilities themselves. It looks like a converted gas station. 
Now, before you actually get there, if you walk that way, you will see a statue of a dinosaur made of all sorts of shiny little items. It is actually the work of a folk artist named Gregory Warmack, who has some works of art in the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. If you look closely at the statue, you will see pieces of glass, broken jewelry, tiles, and the like. Next to the gift shop is a truck. This truck is used periodically for dance parties and other small events in the area. Look at the license plate. It says DAK 1998. Of course, that is reference to the park Disney's Animal Kingdom opening in 1998. Now, let's talk about the rides that are right in front of you. First of all, there's Triceratops Spin. This is a spinner ride wherein you ride flying Triceratops. You may wonder why on God's green earth did Disney pick a Triceratops? I mean, there were flying dinosaurs like pterodactyls and tetrodons. They fly. Triceratops, however, are iconic, and that's what Chester and Hester logically would pick. They would Kids know what a Triceratops is, so they would want to ride a Triceratops. Now listen closely to the voices as the, di- as the ride stops and starts. You will hear a male and a female voice. The, you are hearing actually the, the voices of Chester and Hester themselves. And look to Primeval World to your right. Not the ride itself, but the signs. You will see that it's a much cheesier version of the dinosaur attraction. The scientists in the queue are sending you back in time, and as you ride uh, the first ascend hill, check out the spinning, uh, excuse me, the spinning clock, and you will see din- as you are going back in time to see dinosaurs. The clock is spinning backwards. Clocks are a running theme throughout this ride, as time, like in Dinosaur, or as it used to be called, Countdown to Extinction, time is running out. Even the queue itself, there are cartoon scientists working on sending you back in time. And you you ride in miniature time rovers. And just like the dinosaur ride, or at least back when the dinosaur ride first opened, there is a meteor coming at you right before you are sent back in time. Or sent back to the current time. Pass the rides towards the back and you will see the giant brontosaurus. There are, of course, these horrible midway games. The first one right in front of Primeval World is Dino Whammy. Right next to that is a photo booth where you can take some group pictures. And there's Brontoscore where you throw basketballs and a hoop. Directly in front of the Primeval World entrance is Cornivores. It's a popcorn cart, of course. And by the entrance to the ride are colorful drinking fountains. But look at the bushes around the fountains themselves. The area is surrounded by old tires cut in half to look like a little fence. And of course, these are painted white. Chester and Hester recycle everything. And again, that's a running theme of these old car area, car service station and a gasoline station. Closer to Triceratops Spin is a souvenir car, but if you turn around, you will see some picnic benches and the Dino Diner, which is a trailer you would find at a local carnival. Currently, it sells pretzels and the like, but that changes all the time. You'll notice that the area has white lines as if the area used to be a parking lot at one time. Again, this is an homage to the original concept that you are, they built this little tiny theme park in an actual parking lot. Just to the left of that is Mammoth Marathon Derby, which is a a racing game. And in front of that is a carnival mirror. There are fun cartoonish dinosaurs that try to entice you to actually use the the, the mirror itself. You then see Cementosaurus. 
Yes, that is the name of the giant brontosaurus, Cementosaurus. At her feet is a sign that pointing the way to Dinorama, and on the other side of her are more midway games as you head towards Triceratops Spin. First up is Comet Crashers, and in front of that one is the Fossil Fueler. Even leaving the land, there is a blue fence with a lot more kitschy signs that line the area. One has dinosaurs in a car, after all this is a roadside attraction, telling you to come in and enjoy the games. And that um, is a, our little tour of Chester and Hester's, and I hope you liked it. Bamba so there you have it, folks. Radio Harambe's first ever guided tour of an area of Disney's Animal Kingdom. We've discussed a lot of the areas before. We've done sort of walkthroughs and maybe, uh, you know, discussed backstories and all that kind of stuff. And we've done a few different areas um, of the parks before, certainly the trails and some of the really themed areas we've talked about. We're going to do that all again, only this time we're going to do it kind of in this format over the coming years. Um where it's meant to really kind of put the headset on, put your little white Apple earbuds in your ears, and uh, walk around the area and see the different things that we're talking about and what we've always kind of, you know, talked about on and on and on, it seems sometimes, about all these little details and all these wonderful little um, stories about the, uh, the stuff that just makes Disney's Animal Kingdom what it is and really makes Joe Rohde who he is. Um, and it wouldn't, Mike just wouldn't be Mike without doing Chester and Hester's first, uh, you know, the much maligned Chester and Hester's that Mike uh, has always stood behind as being a great area and certainly one with a terrific story. Uh, we certainly hope you enjoyed that. We have more to come, like I said. If you have any suggestions on where you'd like us to uh, give a tour of next, feel free to do so. Jombo everyone at gmail.com is the best place to do that. Also, you can reach us via Twitter. Mike is at Jombo Everyone. So if you have any questions or comments about the guided tour, feel free to find him there. You can also find me at Radio Harambe if the email doesn't work. Uh, you can also use our Contact Us link, which is on our website, jomboeveryone.com. We ask that you go to iTunes if iTunes is your um, <laughs> podcast downloader of choice. And please rate and review the show. Uh, we can always use all the positive reviews we can get. The more reviews we get, the more the show kind of gets out to the public and the more we can sort of, uh, you know, the more listenership we get. And that's always a good thing. Um, go to Instagram. I've been working on that page off and on, and uh, it is actually Disney's Animal Kingdom. So if you have any pictures of yourself at the Animal Kingdom or ones that you've taken, feel free to tag Disney's Animal Kingdom. That'll come to us. Uh, we'd love to see some of those pictures, and we'd love to see what you guys have, uh, you know, what interests you there at the Animal Kingdom. And I think through photographs, that's really the best way to do it. So Instagram, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and all those other pit things. You can go to jomboeveryone.com and find all the information on that. We do have some plans for some shows coming up. However, in only a couple of weeks, I'll be going down to the Animal Kingdom the week after Pandora opens. And uh, so I think we're going to kind of ramp up to the opening of Pandora a little bit and then discuss that uh, after we get back. So if we have a couple of week time there at the end of May where you don't hear from us, you don't get a show in there, that's because we're kind of working on all the new things that we've gotten while we were there. Um, I certainly thank you all for listening. It's been great talking to everybody out there. Feel free to contact us as always, like I said. Uh, I guess that's it for Safari Mike. I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well, and thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Mm -hmm.
Now who 